Welcome back to another episode of the Casey Campbell Podcast. Casey Campbell with you, of course, and we're pleased to be joined by and honored to be joined by uh, Mark Rushbrook, who is uh, the director of global racing for Ford, as uh, for Ford Motor Company, who oversees all of the NASCAR and all other forms of motorsports that Ford is involved in. Mark, how are you? I'm great, Casey. Thanks for having me today. Um, so what a year it's been for you guys. I know um, started off the right way, of course, uh, winning the Daytona 500 with Michael McDowell. Um, you know, it's uh, what a way to start off the year. Overall, how, are, how pleased are you about how the year is going for your teams? Yeah, it's it's been a very interesting start to the year and season so far, especially in NASCAR. But you're right, the Daytona 500, that's the big race for us, the great American race and an area where we place a lot of focus with our racing teams, with Doug Yates and Roush Yates as our engine partner. And and uh, it was a great race, great teamwork across our four teams to uh, have uh, five cars at the front after the last set of pit stops. And uh, four cars at the front coming into the last lap and and then having Michael win it like that was just a, a fantastic way for front row motorsports for Michael McDowell and, and for our company to to start the season that way with with such a big big win um, but the the NASCAR season as it's continued since then uh, it's I think it's been great in terms of uh, the health of the sport the quality of the racing the, the entertainment factor from it uh, and I think it's a, a signal of what's to come through the rest of the season um, with a schedule like it is going from the Daytona 500 from a super speedway to a road course at the same location, but obviously a very different race. And then Homestead, Miami and, and Vegas and, and now going to Phoenix this weekend. We've seen a, a lot of different people racing at the front and winning each week. And I'm, ex I'm expecting the same thing at Phoenix, Phoenix this coming weekend and uh, just looking forward to that race and, and seeing how our teams perform. Mark, I know that there's, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you have five teams in the Cup Series right now, of course, you know, with Team Penske and Stuart Haas, Roush front row with the Wood Brothers as well as, as well as Team Live Fast. Overall, how do you see all of your teams, you know, kind of doing with, with this, uh, with the final year of this new car, as we head into 2022, with the brand new car. Yeah, it's it's an exciting season with the schedule, as I said, but um, it's also very significant that the teams need to be preparing through this season to learn the next gen car um, through through testing and and other analytical work. But we're racing the Gen Six car through through all of this season, and it's a great car. And as we've seen, it's very exciting racing still with that car, um, but a lot of work to continue that optimization of the Gen 6 car because our teams want to win every single race and the championship this year. Uh, but they've also got to be prepared for the next gen car for 2022 because because we all want to go win the Daytona 500 next year with with that brand new car. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting, challenging year for for us and, and all of our teams uh, to perform well and to win this year, but also be ready and, and preparing to win next year. Well, let's talk about the new car for a second. Um, I know that you've spent a lot of time and a lot of people at Ford as well as Chevrolet and Toyota. You spent a lot of time developing this car together 
what is it what has it been like to to see the process of what the car is going to look like and stuff take just take me through that yeah well this has been a a long project that really started just over two years ago and getting alignment uh with nascar with all the stakeholders in the sport so not just the oems but the racing teams and and suppliers and partners in the sport and everybody was aligned on the initiative and the, the goal uh, to make the car that we're racing on the track more relevant, um, to also uh, fix some of the economics issues and not spend money where it's not adding value to the racing and to allow new team ownership to come in just for the health of the sport, to keep everything fresh and, and to have a, a full field of, of 36 to 40 competitive cars. So the power of this sport when everybody is working together like that in the same direction for the same goal is just amazing what what the sport can do and to be able to design this new car to go through the testing program that it's already had through 2020 that's continuing this year uh, eventually with the teams getting all of their own cars here in a couple months um, it's just been an exciting, exciting program. I, we, we actually have our first dedicated car uh, here in Michigan, which we were with last night, getting some of the, the lab testing done for characterizing the suspension and, and the vehicle level performance, uh, which has been really exciting to have that car here in Dearborn and for our employees um, that don't, don't even work on motorsports, but uh, for them to be able to see that car is really exciting for them as well so it's been a great project to work on you don't get to design a, a new car uh for nascar every, every year every day uh so the opportunity to do it and and the looks of it that what the fans will actually see when once it's on track it's it's a huge improvement in our opinion it it looks so much closer to the production car that we sell in the showroom that uh people see driving down the road the proportions of it um, the architecture underneath with the rack and pinion steering, the independent rear suspension, um, but, but the looks for sure, everybody will see that and uh, recognize that it's a great looking Mustang out there on the track. Okay, so let's switch gears and talk about, of course, the another big topic, uh, one of my favorite topics, driver development. Um, so I know that, you know, in the Xfinity and truck series, I know that you had, of course, you have Team Penske with Austin Sindrick, Riley Herbst, um, as well as in the truck series, you have Tad Taylor and, and Tanner, Tanner Gray, and of course, Haley Deegan, as well as Todd Gillen. How do you see your driver development program um, right now uh, as, uh, as we head into, as we head into the next few years? Do you like what you have right now? And would you consider adding more drivers? Yeah, we... Yeah, we, well, throughout all the different series, we, we think we've got a great lineup of drivers already in Cup. Yeah. Um, so we're very happy with the teams that we have in Cup, with the drivers that we, we have in Cup. Um, but we know that we've got to keep that pipeline full um, so that uh, we're able to fill any Cup seats as there are openings. And we were really excited to bring Chase Briscoe up through the development program and to have him get into the number 14 car in Cup this year um, and think he's going to have a, a great future and, and uh, a good career in, inside that Ford, inside of Stuart Haas. And 
Austin Sindrick, as you've seen, winning the championship in Xfinity last year and, and already a commitment that he'll be in into the Cup Series for 2022. Um, so really looking forward to that and, uh, and seeing Austin continue developing uh, even in Xfinity this year. Um, but certainly with Riley Herps coming over to Stuart Haas and, and coming into a Ford this year and really excited what we've seen through him al already this year, um, also including a truck race that, that he did on the Daytona road course. Um, so that's a great program that we have at Stuart Haas. Great to have Riley in as part of it. And then what we've got at, at DGR, David Gilliland Racing and Front Row Motorsports with a combined truck program. Um, with Tanner and, and Haley and, and Todd, um, we're, we're seeing a lot out of them as drivers and DGR as a team, having made the switch to Ford last year and getting to know our analytical tools and continued improvements that we're seeing across them. Uh, really excited about that. And then even uh, Taylor Gray also uh, with DGR running in the ARCA series again this year. So we're, we're happy with the people that we have in there and we're not focused necessarily on a specific number of people, but just making sure we've got the right people. Um, Cause there's no point in having too many drivers cause you're only gonna have so many cup seats to fill. Um, so we're, we're happy with what we have now, but we're always looking for the, the right talent, the right people to bring in uh, at the right time in the right way. You know, kind of going off that, it's the, this, you know, it's ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and then the Cup Series. Do you see that? Um, do you like the, the ladder system to get to the Cup Series? Do you see as, as a manufacturer, it's important to, you know, to have like proper development. Do you see that right now is one what we're looking at right now? Do you, do you see, do you like what we have right now with the ladder system? I, I think it makes sense definitely because you do see a, a difference in the level of competition, the number of cars, the number of quality teams, um, and the quality of the racing um, that I think it makes sense with what we have now. I, I certainly expect uh, as we have the next gen car in cup at some point that will roll down to the other series and, and there might be a reason to rationalize Xfinity truck ARCA and the way the racing um, happens in those different series. But we're not in a hurry to see anything change there, just looking for a longer term plan for the future of, of when that will happen. Because if, if you look at uh, the, the way the vehicles drive for a cup car, that's going to change again next year uh, with the next gen car with the, with the new chassis. Um, but the differences that you have as you go from ARCA to truck to Xfinity to cup, there's differences in how all of those drive and uh, very, very big differences. And that'll be even bigger with the next gen car in cup. So uh, we'll look to see what the right strategy is to roll out that new chassis across those different series. Yeah. Um, one more thing with, um, you know, of course the truck lineup this year, you did lose Thor sport racing. Are you in active pursuit to find another truck team, another Ford, or do you, are you happy with what you have? Uh, we're not in active pursuit for anything right now. Uh, we definitely enjoyed the three years of partnership that we had with Thor Sport and, and Duke Thorson and his team and, and the drivers that we had there and uh, thank them for, for those three years of a, a great partnership. Um, we are happy with what we have for now with, with DGR and, and how that 
team uh, is coming along and their ability to DGR can run late models, ARCA, uh, trucks, maybe even Xfinity if we need to be able to do that. So good flexibility on, on what they're able to do and what their plans are for the future. Um, so yeah, not, not in pursuit of anything right now. Okay. Um, when you look at, you know, in terms of the schedule, uh, when you look at with all the different changes that we saw, there's, you know, there's now more road courses than there's ever been before. There's a dirt track in there. Um, as, as we continue to go into 2022, 2023 down the road, do you want to see maybe more, maybe more parity, like, you know, this amount of short tracks, this amount of mile and a half, this amount of this, this amount of that. Um, do you want to maybe see some new tracks as a manufacturer to maybe go in and say, okay, um, you know, NASCAR is changing. We got to keep making, make sure we have to keep making, we have to keep making changes that maybe get more, maybe more venues out there. What do you think on that? Yeah. I, I think the schedule that we have for this year is fantastic. Um, not necessarily just because of the, the specific tracks that we're going to, but the fact that it's different, that NASCAR is experimenting. They're listening to the fans and um, trying to answer what the fans want, as well as put on great races to keep the fans engaged and very entertaining races. And something very different when, when the schedule was very static and it was the same year after year after year, I think the fans tend to get tired with that. So we're definitely gonna learn a lot, I think as a sport of what the fans really want and don't want. And NASCAR has positioned themselves to be dynamic or flexible to flex that, the schedules into the future and to react to, okay, what's working? Does, does Bristol at, uh, with dirt work? And do we want to go back? Well, we'll find that out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, does CODA work? Does Road America work? And, and what do we want to do different for 22, 23, 24? So the fact that um, NASCAR is listening and experimenting and has that flexibility, and that's consistent with what we want, because obviously we want fans watching the races, right. um, both in person and on TV. Uh, we like the idea of being able to go to different markets um to to be able to have our display and engage fans in different parts of the country so we're not pushing for anything specifically at this point other than we fully support the approach that nascar is taking and and i uh, think they're on the right track okay so in terms of uh, here's another here's another topic that i think that's going to be talked about in the next definitely few years uh, of course the topic of electrification of course um you know with as we go towards to go towards that of course you saw that you know gm wants to you know have build all all electric vehicles by 2035 i know you guys have said something similar with that in terms of nascar i know that you um jim campbell from chevrolet and david wilson from toyota have talked to nascar about you know about what the electrification car could look like have you talked what do you think that could be like is i i we're we're a long way away from that, but is it, have you guys started planning that as a manufacturer? There's always discussions um, inside our own company, as well as with the other OEMs and NASCAR in terms of the future of the sport. And that's one of the benefits of the next gen car is that was designed with some consideration for the future or to have flexibility for the future to be able to accommodate different technologies or especially around different powertrains. Um, if you look at the market in general around the world in the United States and North America, 
uh, hybrids are already here out on the street. And I, I think um, what we have the potential to be hybrid in NASCAR in 23, um, we're, we're already well down the path with, with hybrids on the street and full electric vehicles are coming very quickly, right? We're already making and, and selling and distributing our Mustang Mach-E's, our F-150 full electric vehicle uh, is coming very soon, the electric, full electric transit, um, and, a, and a lot more vehicles after that, and not just from us, but, but also from Chevrolet, General Motors, and, and Toyota. So that is part of, I think, the future planning for the sport is how do we continue to put on great races um, regardless of what the powertrain is and keep the fans engaged. And the benefit NASCAR has is there's multiple national series. Um, there's a potential for exhibition series as has been done in the past. So um, with this new car, the new platform that we have, there, the opportunity is there for hybrid. The opportunity is there for electric. It's just a matter of how does that fit into the sport to keep it a very entertaining and engaging sport, not alienate fans. And that doesn't mean that suddenly we go full electric in all national series, um, but you can keep ICE, uh, internal combustion engine in, in a series, and you can look at putting hybrid in, and you can look at doing something with full electric when the time is right. Um, and when the, and on the right tracks as well, because I think everybody knows full electric vehicles, they aren't set to go 500 miles at the Daytona 500 um, at, at full throttle. Um, it just isn't part of that, but an electric car could be great on a Martinsville track or a road course where there's braking and the opportunity for regeneration. Um, Mark, and finally, there—I know there's a lot of other series with within the with motorsports. Are you? I, I know that IndyCar and IMSA are active are looking for manufacturers. I know you're in the NHRA as well. Are you actively pursuing other series like IndyCar? With would it be surprising if we saw you guys make an IndyCar team or in, or heading back to IMSA? What do you are are you guys pursuing to get in any other new series? You think, Mark? Well, we're still racing in a lot of other places already, right? So beyond, beyond NASCAR, as you as as you said, we've we've got NHRA with with a Nitro Funny Car, um, with our Sportsman Cobra Jets. We race Australia Supercars. We race uh, in WRC, the World Rally Championship. Yeah. We've got our Mustang GT4. Um, we've, we've done a lot new in off-road racing with our Bronco R, the Bronco 4600, the Bronco 4400, um, and with new uh, with a lot of emphasis on off-road for our, our street legal vehicles. There's more for us to do in off-road racing. So we've got a lot going on um, already, but yeah. we are always looking at all of the opportunities of what is out there, what makes sense. Um, that aligns with our pillars because we don't want to race just to go racing. There's it's fun, but there's no point in doing it just just for the sake of racing. It, it's got to be in a meaningful um, in a meaningful race like the Daytona 500 or a meaningful series to win the championship. It's got to give us the opportunity for innovation and tech transfer that's relevant to the road cars that we sell. Um, and we've got to be able to connect with fans and customers in a meaningful way that they can understand more about our company and our products by seeing what we do on the track. Um, so 
those all of those series that we're in that that I just listed off give us that opportunity and they're all planning for the future so we talked about nascar and what's coming there but the world rally championship that's going hybrid next year and that gives us a great opportunity to race or compete with a rally hybrid vehicle in next year as well there's a new car coming in australia supercars for next year as well so there's a lot going on where we already are but um the the big push for us i guess is uh if we're going hybrid in nascar and hybrid in wrc where can we race full electric can we do that in nascar um, there's a lot of new series that are being proposed that are full electric so that will create a lot of new opportunities but we've got to see those um, become reality and not just ideas so there's a lot on the on the table to consider um, as we make our decisions for a future does indycar interest you um, IndyCar is, well, when I talk about races and championships that matter, the Indianapolis 500 absolutely matters. Um, the shift in technology to adopt hybrid is certainly, um, an important move, I think, for that series and other series where we have struggled as a company, uh, to take advantage, um, is with open wheels. And that's not just indie cars, right? That's in, in Formula One where we've, we've competed in the past, but we don't compete today. It's, it's a much harder story to help fans understand in a, racing an open wheel car and how that relates to a street car um, where we've struggled with that. Certainly the, the powertrain technology is there and a lot of the engineering tools with aerodynamics, CFD and, and wind tunnel testing and driving simulators apply, but it's just harder to make that connection uh, for a fan visually to look at an open wheel car and, and look at a street car and, and have that direct tie. All right. One more, one last thing I have for you. Um, of course, Michigan International Speedway is later on this year. Um, I know that's a big deal to you guys with, and a big deal to all the manufacturers with the, with the Heritage Trophy. Um, how big is what's it like to, you know, race in your home state? Of course, you're from this area. You went to the University of Michigan. Of course, I'm based here as well. How, how big is that winning that race for you, for not just you guys, for, but for the whole company? Yeah, it, it means a lot. Um, I mean, in, in non-COVID times, we have the opportunity to uh, bring all of our senior management there, all of, all of the leaders of the company, and they, they come out because it's a, it's a short drive for them. They can get there to the track. Um, we've brought a lot of employees out there as well, um, hosting employees at the, at the race, showing them what we do. Um, and then just personal friends as well. Uh, it means a lot uh, and it's bragging rights. And the Heritage Trophy, it, it, uh, it is such a great feeling to walk away from the racetrack with that trophy, um, knowing that we won here on our home track in front of our employees and friends. You've had it since I think you've had it for the last three years. So um, uh, we'll see if that continues uh, when we when NASCAR goes to MIS back in August. But anyway, Mark Rushbrook, thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking with us. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward to having you on again sometime. All right. Anytime. Thanks, Casey.